0: Shaletta Brundage is known as the autism mom, not just because she's got three kids on the spectrum, but because she's an advocate who works to educate and inspire other moms of kids with special needs. I was so excited. I was so excited because this week, um, my youngest son, Daniel, my most severely autistic of my three autistic children, had his annual um, autism evaluation at the University of Minnesota. And I was a little nervous at first, a little apprehensive, because it's been a little more than a year since our last update. And since our last update, the world has turned upside down with COVID and schools being closed, all the therapy going virtual. All the changes in our home with all the Zooms in school and Zooms in therapy and Daniel getting Zoom fatigue and us not being able to go out and interact in the community. He not being able to pick up those social skills. I promise you, I was nervous at first until he took the test online and the way he interacted with those, those, those therapists and the way he interacted with our um, psychologists and the testers at the University of Minnesota, I was like, my baby got this. He did such an amazing job. And so th- the first two days were just testing. And then the third day, I spent hours with Dr. Rebecca Hudock at the University of Minnesota Autism Children's Center. And she carefully went over with me his results. Now, keep in mind, this is Daniel, who was nonverbal for the first four and a half years of his life until he heard Lil Nas X's Old Town Road and starts singing and talking. And now he's talking back, reading on a fourth grade level. He's six years old. He'll be seven in November. He made progress, major gains when we went virtual. Where other parents are seeing regression in their children because they weren't getting school services my child saw progress and i'm praising god for that because you know uh it didn't have to happen but god allowed it but it wasn't magic y'all it wasn't like i sat back and prayed i prayed and pushed as soon as covid took over and schools shut down i called an emergency team meeting with our therapist, our teachers. Hell, I even moved the gym teacher in and the cafeteria teacher. And we all got on the Zoom together and said, what are we doing? What can we implement what programs can we have virtually that will keep the momentum going for my child i didn't want him to lose any of the progress that he had made he had come so far he was potty trained he was riding a bicycle he was talking and interacting the eye contact is there he even started telling jokes okay the little boy think he's a comedian now okay now what are we doing How are we doing it? How are we getting done? And we stayed on the phone uh, on that Zoom call for an hour, working on a program specifically for Daniel to help him. And most of it was on me, right? Because I'm the one in the home. The teachers are not in the home. The therapists are not in the home. It's mama. So now I got to go back to my boss and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to fill in. I'm not going to be able to work as much unless it's after these kids go down and school is out because I am now the parent as well as a paraprofessional and it was not easy it was not because there were times when it was time for him to talk to the teacher and I had to sit right there so he would see me and know that he had to do right and then get his work done There were times when I would love to have done laundry, but I had to sit there and click for him so that he could focus on getting his work done. I had to sit there when he didn't feel like it and help him communicate with the teacher, which put my laundry behind, which put my email uh, interaction behind, which put my phone calls behind, which put everything else on the back burner. And I'm grateful, right, that my husband makes enough money to allow me to stay home because I know that's not an option for some folk. So I don't take that for granted either. Right. But it paid off because my son did not lose any of his functional skills and capabilities when he got ready to take that test. And on some of his stuff, he was actually above average doing those puzzles and word searches and filling out the the, the next shape and, and doing a lot of those math problems and reading and all that. Sometimes he was on a level of a seven year old and he's still just six. This was a boy who just two years ago had no functional language when he took the test. And that was in person. That's what the the note said. He was talking, reading, and comprehending like a nine-month-old child, and he was four years old. I was not about to let that progress go away. I was going to do whatever the hell I had to do as Daniel's mama to continue down the path of complete and total healing. Some folk don't like that term. I'm sorry. God bless you. But I want my child healed. Because I'm not going to be here forever. He's a little black boy. And when the police say stop or I'll shoot, they don't mean run toward me and flap your hands. They don't mean keep walking because you don't understand what I'm saying. They mean stop, little black boy, or I'll shoot you and I'll kill you. So what's best for my son is to be on a level on par with his peers. And that's what we've been working toward. And that's the goal. And I was not about to let COVID, no school, no special services stop that goal. I trained myself to be his caretaker, to be his therapist. Whatever I didn't know, I got those therapists on the Zoom and they work with me. I bought the toys that they had in the classroom. I set up classrooms in my home. He had a desk. He had a whiteboard. He had a wall divider so he could be separated from his siblings. I did what I had to do. And I'm seeing the results now. And I didn't just do this. And I'm not bragging or thinking I'm better than another parent because you know what? When I found out the secret sauce, guess what I did It's what I usually do. Start helping other parents. I start holding workshops in school districts across the country, virtually with parents. Most of them came to me crying, Shaletta, what are we going to do? Our kids need special services And they're not able to get them The school district owes us this According to the federal government Our kids are supposed to get Yeah, yeah, yeah We know what the hell our kids are supposed to get They're not going to get it They can't even provide basic services right now To the normal developing kids So you think they're going to be able to come over here And take care of our kids? No The teachers are trying to figure out How to do this Zoom thing They're trying to figure out How to work this thing out on Google Meets or whatever platform they're using when COVID first came on the scene and shut everything down. So no, they're, they, they're not going to be able to work it out for us. We have to work it out for ourselves. And that's what I was telling my parents. Stop crying and let's start pressing together. Stop fussing and let's start fixing the problem because we are the only ones that's going to do it. The school system is bogged down. They're trying to figure this out and they need our help. The more we can do for our kids, the better. And so I, I'm just, I'm not going, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. Because when I saw National Public Radio story with uh, Corey Turner and Rebecca Klein, uh, they did an in-depth s- study and survey and story because roughly 7 million children in the U.S. received special education services until the pandemic. And many of those services stopped. When schools were down. And they have a series of stories and photos with families who um, just told just the, the, the just horrible stories about how their kids regressed and how they went down and how the school system didn't provide this or that for them. And, and you know, it was just it, it, nobody had a good story to tell. They talked to. Uh, Crystal Bell, who lives in New York City with her son, Caleb, who is deaf and blind and nonverbal. A- and, and she didn't get the services for her child when schools closed down. A- and they talked to a, a lady named Carolyn Schaffner uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And her daughter, Rachel, has severe autism and struggle with learning remotely. I get it. I understand it. It was hard for us, too. But there are some success stories out there, like Daniel, that need to be told, that people need to hear about, so that they can know it can be done, that things can and will get better. When the model changes, we have to change with it. When it flips, when the world flipped on its head, we got to flip with it. Our children are depending on us. We cannot wait for the school system. I felt so, so bad for Rachel Berg. She was calming her daughter down in this NPR story, Maddie, when Maddie was having a a meltdown. And we've all been there if we've got kids on the spectrum. We all got to figure out what we can do. And that's what we did this year. But those stories, those success stories were not told in this story. I I, I got right on the social media. I told uh, Rebecca at NPR and, uh, and her co-author of this amazing article, uh, Corey. I said, yeah, my phone must be broke because nobody called me. Here I'm sitting over here with three kids with autism, one of them severe, working this remote learning thing out. Because I just feel like if I tell my story, I might offer hope to another parent. They might see the way that I'm doing and model that. They might get some inspiration from the way we do things at my house. And feel like you know what? Damn it! If she could do it, and she got three kids with autism, I got one. I could do it too. I, I wish I could say that I was, uh, uh, I wasn't frustrated, but I was. I, I was more than frustrated. I was fucking pissed that this entire story about families who say schools owe them families with special needs children like my own who struggled during the pandemic with online learning that there was not one story of success like mine to offer hope to families and you know if I'm at home and I got a special needs child and I see these stories and I identify with them and I feel like they haven't found success then that leaves me thinking there's no success to be found but that's not the case so many of the parents that I Did free workshops for or that I talked with or that I mentored or that I emailed or that I called during this time. They were able to flip it and change it and move it around and make the models work for them and their families and they found success too. So I don't want you to lose hope because who knows what this damn Delta variant is going to do. It could shut the shit down all over again next year. We don't know where we are going to be with COVID. But I want you to know more than anything that things can and will get better. Listen, if you are a parent and you are struggling with online learning, log on to my website at dot com, Right? Go to the Contact Us page. I am here for you. I am here. Two o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. I'm going to respond, and I'm going to respond right away. You can lean on me. Always fun and informative, is a big draw at autism conferences across the country. Find out how you can book her as a featured speaker for your next event at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com.